It is Isaiah 9-2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. So on New Year's Day 2020, a team of four of us from Mountain View departed for Senegal for our church's 20th mission trip to our adopted village of Jogale. The team included myself, my wife Chris, Deward King, and Christian Serniati. And as I mentioned earlier, Deward and Christian are both up at our retreat this weekend. Once we were on the ground in Senegal, our Senegalese teammates also included Charles Njai, our translator, and Awa Njai, children's evangelist, and also our driver, Chaban Jope. Mountain View has been in relationship with Jogale for the last 13 years, but we've also answered God's call to build a medical clinic in the village, which will serve not only Jogale, but also the neighboring villages. The clinic ministry is officially coordinated by Mission Inter-Senegal, which is led by our friend Adama Sen as the executive director of Mission Inter-Senegal, which we also refer to as MIS. While our trip occurred in January this month, a few weeks earlier during a visit to Jogale, Adama brought an electrician to the clinic and installed a solar power system which included two large 12-volt batteries. And uh, so then when we arrived at the clinic, we expected that it would be up and running, but it wasn't. It didn't work. And uh, we found that one of the batteries was defective. These are these large 12-volt batteries, really great big ones. So we replaced it, and voila, it was up and running again. So we were really relieved to see that. It was kind of amazing more than kind of amazing to see the building at night with all the lights on. There's lights around the outside of the building. You're gonna see some pictures of it. It's, it's bright, what color, is, what color is it? I'm bad with colors. Yeah. It's blue and like light cream color. Yes, yeah, really beautiful um, building. The paint is really cool looking. But there's lights around the outside and of course lights in the windows. And um, I tell you, there is nothing like that out there. This is in the bush, okay? So you drive at night out there and it's black. It's, I mean, unless if the, the moon is shining, you can see something, but otherwise it's black. There's no lights. It's hard for us to imagine, those of us who live in the, in the first world, that in the developing world, um, there are no lights. It's dark. Uh, there's no electricity. And so to put in a building that has solar power, solar power with lights around the outside is just like boom in the, in the middle of the darkness. So what the words that come to mind with this Isaiah 9 2, uh, you know, the, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. So the system also supplies 220 volts to the outlets throughout the building. Um, so the, the lights are 12 volt, but there's actually 220 volt, which is the, the African European way um, instead of 110, which we have. But that will eventually allow for the refrigeration of food and medicines and operation of medical instruments. So the building is now set up to have power, not only lights, but also power for equipment and refrigeration and that kind of thing. So at Adama's request, we visited a furniture maker in Kafrine. Uh, you don't go to big box stores in Africa to buy furniture, like 
Costco. They don't have that. So if you have furniture, you have to have it made from scratch. So we ordered 12 chairs, no, 10 chairs, three tables, and four long benches to be constructed out of this very durable steel and wood. In addition, we purchased three vinyl foam, uh, the three foam mattresses, and we had them covered in vinyl. Um, and so now the clinic is outfitted with that furniture, a bed frame, an examination table, two desks, a few simple medical supplies, and in addition, we purchased some cleaning supplies for our maid, um, the, 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 the person who keeps it clean. Her name is Fatu, and she's um, one of our original friends in Jogli. Speaking of Fatu, she is the widow of Modu Senyem, and Modu's picture was in this last movie. He had a thing of grain on his head. Um, he was our original man of peace in the village, and he basically opened the door to us to be able to do ministry and mission in Jogale. He died last year, and um, so his widow, Fatu, is the clinic's first staff member, <laughs> and she'll serve alongside the, uh, the chief's nephew, his name is Amat Sinyam, and the, he'll be the night guard. So those will be the two villagers who will be employed at the clinic. The rest of the um, staff is we're under negotiations basically with all the rest, uh, up the rest of the staff. Um, there's a midwife named um, Sally Endur from Dakar. There's a nurse's assistant named Abdu Sise from the Kafrine area. A midwife's assistant, Rose Juf from Chess. And we are, we're basically, those pe three people have expressed an interest in working in, in the village, in the, in the clinic. And so we're working on that right now, trying to set that all up. Um, we're still prayerfully looking for a chief nurse, the person in charge of the clinic. And also we're looking for a, a chaplain, a kids club minister. That will make up the whole staff of, of the clinic. So the total yearly s salary budget for the clinic for one year, all the people, is $26,710. And um, the plan and the goal is for us to get started probably with some of those. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a whole staff at the beginning, so it won't be quite that much when we first get started. But the plan is to continue working with, we have one other church supporting right now, and we're to get more churches together, U.S. churches, to try to supply that that staff, the, the staff salaries. And the ultimate goal is that this money will not be coming from the United States, but actually coming from Africa. So there will need to be a shift in the next five to 10 years of African churches supporting this clinic. So that's, what, that's where we're prayerfully going with this. So please pray with us for the ability to complete the staff as well as provide the clinic financially. We're now planning to see the clinic open for business on, wait for it, drum roll please, April 1st. So we're excited about that. So between now and then there will be several very important details in the works including the formation of a board of directors for the clinic. And this is, this is huge, please be praying that we, we get the right people on a board, of a board of directors. All these people will be people who live in Senegal except for one person from this church will also be on the board. Most of their meetings will be um, 
either Skype or Zoom meetings, um, video teleconference meetings. There will be one meeting a year actually at the, at the clinic. But the board will be made up of uh, uh, Mission, Intergal, Mission Inner Senegal staff, a doctor, a, a Christian doctor, an American missionary in Senegal, um, and then a Mountain View representative, and then also a village representative. The nurse in charge will uh, serve as ex officio on the board and um, the chief of Jogale will also be forming another committee, a village committee, which will function locally and uh, with the board of directors having ultimate authority over matters such as personnel and budgets. So the chief nurse will serve on the local committee but also will serve on the, the board of directors as ex officio. So our team visited the village school, as we usually do, and we were really disappointed to find that there were fewer kids attending than the last time that we, we went. However, we were again very impressed with the headmaster. His name is Mr. Somb. He is, uh, this is the village school is supplied by the government, so he's a government employee. Mr. Somb is a visionary. He's a very gifted teacher. You're gonna see him in the next video I'm gonna show. He's, he's quite concerned about the obvious decreased support by the parents of Jogale. He believes that educating children is the key to improving the quality of life in villages such as ours. And he senses that this view is not shared by the adults in the village. We are also in introduced to a new teacher. Uh, there's always two teachers there in Jogale. So the second teacher's name is Leopold. I couldn't remember his last name. Leopold, and Leopold is a uh, Christian name, Catholic name, so we're wondering if maybe he's Catholic, but we never had a chance to ask him about that, but that's really interesting. Because you know, 98% of the people in, in Senegal are Muslim, so we're, we're really curious about Leopold. But our team sensed the importance of renewing our commitment to the village school. Not only to encourage the headmaster, but also to positively affect the attitudes toward education on the part of the parents of Jogali. Our team endeavored to visit all the women of the village. This is a big deal for us normally when we go to Jogale to give gifts of soap to every single woman in the village and pray for them, each one of them. And um, we ran out of time. This often happens. We ran out of time. We weren't able to visit everyone, but we left enough soap to be distributed to everyone. And... Um, our biggest takeaway from the prayer and soap walk was the vast number of women who said they were happy. They used the word kantana over and over and over again and that they were happy that we were there. They were happy that we continue in this important relationship. And this to us felt like a really important shift in our relationship with the village in general. We often would go do this prayer walk and giving soap to people and and they would be kind of reserved. And this time we were just, it was like the, the warmth had been turned up five degrees, you know, and it was like everybody was so happy that we were there. And uh, they kept saying that, you know, they had cantana happiness that we were there. So our partner, um, who's the children's evangelist, Awa and Jai, she ran three kids clubs on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday afternoons. They increased in number each day with the final club on Wednesday seeing over 165 children, which was amazing. Uh, Awa presented the gospel in very clear and direct ways over these three days. There's only one word to describe Awa. 
rock star. She is just amazing. So we really enjoyed having her along with us. And as usual, there were many important relationships involved in our visit. Uh, we, as we were preparing, our team felt called to be available to Corey and Katie Garrett. They are Americans who live in, they're American missionaries who live in, our, in, the, in the city of Kaffrine, which is close to our village. And uh, Mountain View supports Corey and Katie Garrett on a regular basis. There are missionaries there. As we were preparing, our, our team really felt available and felt called to be available to them to encourage them in any way. And this ended up being significant for all of us as we prayed, as we worshiped together. We had some just great downtime with them as well. And um, this is a season of transition and change in Corey and Katie's ministry, and it has been really tough. And so uh, we um, spent some time just loving on them. On our first Sunday in the country on the 5th, so two weeks ago today, we worshiped with the church in Kaffrine. We met with a new pastor. His name was Benoit, as well as the new headmaster of the Bethesda School. That's right there as well. Um, there, the, the previous pastor has been moved. His name was Camille Saar. He was the pastor of the church and the headmaster of the school at the same time. Now they have two people doing the job. And... Um, both of those men were fine men. We enjoyed getting to know them a little. So after our time in Jogale, we returned to chess. We met with Angel Angeline Dorville at the John Huffman School to begin plans for the week-long music and arts camp this coming July. That'll be our second trip this year. The camp is a blend of, kind of a blend of a VBS and a music and crafts camp that includes morning and afternoon sessions. It starts on Monday, it goes all the way through Saturday. So my wife, Chris, plans to be involved in the musical aspects of the camp, and we look forward to bringing a team this summer that will help with the other aspects of the camp. We had a little time with Adama's family on Friday night, also with Awa's family on Sunday evening before we left for the airport. Both of those visits were sweet and continue to be significant for our fellowship with these important folks. On our last full day in Senegal, we headed two and a half hours north to uh, the city of San Luis. Um, none of us had ever been there before, and we've been hearing on all these trips, you should go to San Luis. Everybody needs to see San Luis. So we wanted to see San Luis. It's spelt uh, like our St. Louis. So San Luis. So we had a day off uh, there, and then we went the next morning, uh, so a week ago today, Sunday morning, to worship in the, the Wolof Church that is led by Malik and Felloween Fall. These are people that we've known for about 10 years. They were really helpful as we were putting together what we were gonna be doing in Jogali in the early days. We wanted to visit them, but we also wanted to see their ministry because it's a Wolof Church. And it is apparently the only church that has a significant number of Wolof families that are members of the church in the whole country. That might be kind of hard to grasp. There are Christian churches in Senegal, but they're made up of people from other tribes, Serer tribes, mostly, the Serer tribe mostly. As you know, um, African nations often have different tribes that live, live together within one nation. This is true in Senegal. The vast majority of them are Wolof. There's like four and a half million Wolof people, but there is no Wolof church 
in the, in the whole country. So this is one of the things we're praying for It is going to happen in Jogale. The people in Jogale are 100% Wolof. But this church in San Luis is in a Wolof neighborhood and it now has seven families that are committed to that church and it has basically taken them 13 years to get to this point. So it's really slow work, but we were really encouraged to see this because it was an indication that, that the gospel is breaking through in this context. It was an urban context. Ours is a, you know, out in the, out in the bush, but still, it's, it's exciting to see. While we were at the end of the trip, we also had two meetings with, with a man named Jules Cahoe. He's a, um, he's an, um, he's, He's a Senegalese man who has immigrated to the States and had lots of really great training and project management and that kind of thing. He's gone back to Senegal for six months to help Mission Inner Senegal to change and reform how they're doing business. Uh, Jules is an amazing guy, and we were really, really impressed with him um, and the work he's doing. One final detail to mention is that we're planning to on solidifying our annual plans to visit Senegal two times each year. Once right after Christmas and then again in July. And um, our Senegal team has talked about the reality that being more predictable and more planned in terms of our dates would be very helpful, not only for our team members' ability to fundraise and plan, but also it would help uh, Mission Inner Senegal to know when we are coming. And we were able to talk to Adama about this and he was very, very supportive of the plan. So our next trip will be uh, right around the first week of uh, July and then the next one after that, we will plan to leave a couple days after Christmas like we did um, this, this year. So there it is. I'm gonna ask Chris to come and, and share some of her thoughts and what she noticed about the trip and then we'll close. It's really good to be back with family here. Um, Senegal, especially as I think of our village, Jagale, is a place that has good soil for growing things. It's just been watermelon season. We've never been in the country for other seasons. Um, we love mango when it's mango season, as do our Pakistani friends. But this time it's watermelon season, and watermelon is more delicious there than anywhere in the world, I think. Also, we witnessed them um, um, harvesting their millet. And there was a huge machine that moved to different spots in the village as they harvested millet. But what I would like to say about good soil this morning has everything to do with the children of Jagale. I, I almost had a tear when the last phrase on the old video says, please pray for the children of Jagale. And 13 years into this, I just say the very same thing to you. As John mentioned, our children's worker, Awa, comes with us. She's probably been coming for the last eight years or so into the village. And she runs these extraordinary child evangelism programs for village kids. This is not insignificant.
We arrived our first day in the village with Awa, and the kids see her coming, and they drop everything and come to this one compound belonging to Fatu as quickly as they can. A week before we arrived, Doug and Chris um, uh, Larson were there visiting the village, and they brought Awa with them about one week earlier. Awa told the story of the prodigal son that week. And then a week later, she comes back with us. She tells about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. She talks to the kids about the salvation bracelet, which is a really beautiful child evangelism tool. All the beads are different colors, teaching the story of salvation. And then she talked about the tomb and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. She has never before in her visits with us leapt into the New Testament and talked about Jesus. And she did. And what was most moving for me when we had our first kids time, she asked the kids about the story of the prodigal son she had told a week earlier. And one of the boys, maybe a 10 or 11-year-old boy, retold the entire story. Um, better, I think, than it comes from scripture because it was from the mouth of a Wolof boy who just saw it in a beautiful way. So as John mentioned, um, for all of these gospel stories, there were 120 kids one day, 130 kids. The biggest day was 165 kids. And this is the good soil for growing in Jogale. This is what it's really, truly all about for us. As we delivered soap, I just want to leave you with one little story. We got into one compound, and it's all about praying for the women and their families. And it's all about sharing with them. In this one compound, multiple wives, many children running around. There is this aged, I call him an elder of the village. He's a real kind of gnarly, tall old guy with a real gruff laughed, laugh. But we've run into him many times in the village. And he said to us, it was one of those really bizarre proclamations, but totally significant to me. He said, you know, with us old ones, we may not leave our faith, but our children are free to make their own choices. And um, I will always remember that moment in time because I believe the children of Jogale are that beautiful, soft earth receiving the good news of Jesus Christ. And actually, they're going to take it right back to their parents and the aged in this village that we serve. So for me, it is a glorious, glorious story of what God is doing through our prayers in the last 13 years. And um, I'm excited that we get to continue on with this mission. So thank you guys for really supporting us every time we go. We could not do it without your finances. And most importantly, we could not do it without your earnest, earnest commitment to prayer because it's just one of those places where we need that strength every single day.
So may God be glorified. His kingdom is coming in this village, and uh, we expect to see young leaders of Jagale being part of the first church that we plant there.